0: to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipietro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even TikTok. plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos contact log on right at the website dipietro.com You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dePietro.com. Now, folks, visit the website, dePietro.com. We have links to all social media that we have, whether it is Facebook or Twitter. And also, you can uh, visit the gift shop. It's a full happening. Just uh, log on at the website, depetro.com. Now, we also have original video, original stories. Uh, a lot you know you can't get anywhere else i i focus on and do stories that i would like to read about and then sometimes uh i think sometimes the rest of the media pick up on them and sometimes the rest of the media for whatever reason they they don't do the stories and a lot of it i i don't understand because uh, i think a lot of times it is certainly newsworthy and there's there's two good recent examples of this one of them is the situation with trinity rep and trinity rep again now we'll see how this is going to peter out but they their this year's rendition of a christmas carol by all intents and purposes was a bomb and i don't mean that as in any vindictive way towards them i have i have no bone to pick with trinity rep i appreciate and respect anyone that does live local anything let alone live local theater however this rendition then what's it again they had to cancel. They said it was because of COVID. They said they were going to be back yesterday uh, on Wednesday. They were not. And as I said, they, they went too far left with the message. So you can read about that, and we have several links. The rest of the media is still just going along with this whole foolishness that they um, oh, you know, COVID hit uh Trinity Rep and they had to cancel a bunch of performances. Well, the entire staff is 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 vaccinated so i I mean this isn't 2020 for crying out loud this is you know the christmas season christmas new years of of 2022 so i i don't i don't buy it now there's another story and i'm gonna anxious to see if the rest of the media pick up on this there's an organization called reclaim ri and i i they are they are influential in rhode island they are part of the democrat party reclaim ri but they are a far left progressive socialist faction of the democrat party but they are always up at the state house and they get involved in campaigns and they were involved with that campaign of that jennifer rourke and one of their members the guy is um uh very outspoken uh, highly annoying R- ridiculous with their claims i mean to me they don't live in reality but they are part of the democrat party of rhode island his name is jordan Goyette, and i did a short story on it because this woman posted some of the messages that this jordan Goyette, who's part of this reclaim r.i group of progressive misfits that they were that he sent to her uh and and it it goes beyond you know hey happy new year it goes beyond i'd be interested in uh you know i don't know meeting up with you for a drink or discussing progressive politics he goes into a very sick element i mean it's real harassment but he talks about and shares with her his quote fantasy regarding and i i know this is gruesome folks and it is the week between christmas and new years but he'd like to Uh, commit sexual assault and homicide on women and he shares this with i mean seemingly a stranger i don't get the sense that they know each other that well if at all but so he has now been quote forced to resign i don't know why he wasn't just kicked out but this reclaim ri leadership they say you know he's no longer a member he offered to resign offered to resign how does someone, how does this Democrat group, how do they have someone, part of their leadership team, who gets involved with something like this, and then their solution is they allow him to resign? If, if anything, I mean, I it's so over the top, but I I hardly believe that this is the first time that this guy was ever— involved with something like this so the woman he was sending this to put a warning to all females and it, and I'm, I'm looking at her you know warning to all females in my area jordan Goy, Goyette. what kind of male in their right mind says stuff like this and then it says more sick stuff in the comments but it's it's so inappropriate I mean, and uh, I'm looking at some of the comments where they, they're saying, you know, this guy should be, he's, again, he's a member of Reclaim RI, Democrat part, faction of the Democrat Party, where he is threatening both murder and rape. So he, um, I mean, the guy is just a nutcase, but, but look at the group that they, they allowed him to just resign from the group so and and and, it, and again i if you haven't read it if you go to depetro.com you can read this and um it's um it, it it sounds very very disturbed because it is very very disturbed and his nature of how he talks and sends out these messages and he's part of the leadership team now i i started to mention so this group they claim that something happened with this jordan goyette i i'm not sure how old he is i'm going to say into possibly 40 30s maybe maybe early 40s um the, the guy's a zero he's a loser he's a social misfit he's a progressive degenerate uh but he is um he is someone who would hold court at the rhode island state house and they would have him testifying and listening and he was involved with the jennifer rourke campaign that was the woman that you know running for state senate he was involved this past summer with one of the candidates running for mayor mayor of providence this guy is just a complete disgrace and on top of that i wonder why the police are not getting involved and taking action against this guy but this group reclaim ri they claim they tried to get him involved with transformative justice because he was sending harmful unwanted sexual messages to a, a woman in their organization and so instead of just expelling him they engaged in transformative justice working with him to create this this is a grown man possibly 40 accountability for his actions instead we've asked for his resignation i mean i the part about this that i really want to point out and again you can read and see some of the stuff this guy was putting out is he he was in demand he was working on campaigns he was shaping policy for democrat candidates in rhode island very, very disturbing to say the least. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner. ...or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coïcid Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coïcid Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coïcid Inn. You are listening to the John DiPietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380. 9 If 9.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's time for our legal segment... Joining us right now, he is our legal analyst, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, that is Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I'd actually like to start off with, uh, it is big news, and again, we don't know his final day, but um, you know, uh, as both of us have covered, Providence Police Department over uh, several decades has certainly experienced some turbulent times, and Hugh Clemens announcing that he will be leaving as Chief of Police of Providence, it's it's a big deal. He, uh, Tim, with a very steady hand during, especially summer of 2020, very challenging times.
1: Yes, I think it's a huge loss for the Providence Police Department and a even bigger loss for the city generally. Uh, Hugh Clemens is a quality man. I don't think there's any argument that he's a quality guy. He's been an excellent colonel. He's solid. He's smart. Uh, he's unflappable. Um, he doesn't... As far as his interaction with the media and his decisions with his internal handling of his officers, he doesn't make many mistakes. Um, I think he instills confidence. I don't know where he's going, but I'm sure who's ever going to be getting him as their uh, employee is thrilled beyond belief at what they're getting. Um, I know you and I, would both wish him well and wherever his new venture is going to take him. But I just feel bad for the city and for the department because he's been a steady hand and a guy you can talk to very down to earth. You're not full of himself. He's a very humble guy. And um, it's a big loss, John.
0: Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, in the aftermath, and we've kind of talked about the operation of and obviously Barney Pregnano. And then you had, You know, Dean Estiman tried to do a lot of things, but uh, there was also a very turbulent time. Um, But uh, Hugh Clements, there's a lot to be said for having the consistency of the two individuals that they've had in Commissioner Perry and then, obviously Chief Clements. Now, Tim Dodd, the border has been a problem. Title 42. uh, You know, it's interesting. There's two stories this week we're going to talk about. (laughs) One of them is COVID and how we're going to screen people coming in from China. But the other is what President Trump put in with his Title 42 that was set to expire, and the border is a disaster. Uh, but that's the Supreme Court seemingly right now is not ready to go against changing anything.
1: Well, Title, you're right. Title 42, there's been a longstanding Title 42 with all sorts of goodies contained in it, But the Trump administration latched on to a specific subsection of Title 42 when um, COVID was new. And, you know, think about when COVID first hit the scene. Hospitals really didn't know how to treat it. We didn't know what to do. We were all washing doorknobs and doing all kinds of things, thinking we were preventing the potential spread. Um, And we learned as we went along. But the Title 42 um, enactments that the Trump administration made was to secure the border from not people coming over illegally, but also to prevent people who could be carrying the COVID virus across the border with them. So it was originally seen as a deterrent to prevent the spread of this disease. Now, over time, as COVID has kind of faded somewhat into the background, although it's still there, um, you know, immigration advocates would say that Title 42 is now a pretext. It's being used, it's a leftover from COVID, the COVID crisis, and it's being misapplied to the folks trying to get into the country now because there's no real fear of people coming over the border um, bringing potential COVID infection with them. Of course, we know that, you know, people coming in illegally, even at the height of COVID, were treated much differently than U.S. citizens in terms of <clears throat> screening, um, vaccine obligations, et cetera, which is obviously a different topic. But now COVID, the, excuse me, the um, Title 42 COVID restrictions were set to expire in the month of December uh, a variety of attorneys general um, p- petitioned federal court to keep it in place. A federal court judge said no; it should expire by its terms. Um, there was an appeal, and the Supreme Court determined that. Well, first, Judge Chief Justice Roberts issued a uh, like a TRO, if you will, and now the full court has agreed to keep the um, prohibition on Title 42 expiring until the parties can brief it further. So Title 42 will stay in effect for maybe till the spring at the earliest. One of the interesting things I found, John, was the composition of judges who were for keeping the prohibition on Title 42 expiring and those who wanted it to go immediately. Now, those favoring Title 42 ending right now were Judge Justice Sotomayor, Justice Kagan, Justice Brown-Jackson, and sur- maybe surprisingly, Justice Gorsuch. Now, the media loves to tell us all that it's a 6-3 court. And I've seen on many occasions, you might have uh, Justice Gorsuch um, voting with the minority. You might have Justice Kavanaugh with the minority, or Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, It's a somewhat unpredictable and not uniformly consistent, quote unquote, conservative majority. I don't remember the last time Sotomayor Kagan or now Brown Jackson has ever split with the liberal wing of the court to vote with the conservative wing. That never happens. But you see it happening the other way. Justice Gorsuch, I thought, made an excellent point and this to a couple of sentences, he said, this border crisis is not a COVID crisis. The courts should not be in the business of perpetuating administrative edicts designed for one emergency only to be elected because elected officials have failed to address a different emergency. Yep. We're a court, we are a court of law, not policymakers of last resort. And I believe there was also um, a f- for, further like, by the way, President uh, Biden could, by executive order, um, knock out um, Title 42 provisions right now. But he won't do it because it's not politically wise to do so. Yep. So his administration has already said, we're going to wait to see what the court does. The court's saying, you're, you're the government. You, you are the head of the government. You could take care of this on your own this shouldn't be dumped in the Supreme Court's lap because elected officials are so feckless, they won't do what is the appropriate thing to be done. Right. Uh, clearly, Title 42 is no longer a COVID issue. It's now become a border control issue. And to that topic, Judge, Justice Gorsuch has a very valid point. And I can see that the Supreme Court is kind of chafing under the notion that well, we'll have to step in because all these elected officials won't do what they're supposed to do, so it's going to be up to us. This is what conservatives didn't like when it was a liberal court, that they became almost a super legislature and they enacted things, again, that politicians were too feckless to do on their own. That's right. Now now you've got a conservative majority. They, too, should not be in the business of legislating when the legislators won't do it. So at first, I saw Gorsuch with the liberal wing thinking, wow, that's unusual. And then it's like, I think he makes the best point of everybody here.
0: Folks, quick break. Much more ahead, our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- in Massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 We're speaking with our legal expert and uh, its attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, when President Trump, and I, I hate to get into some of this stuff, but when he was president and he said, well, hold on, we, you know, he was the first one way out of the box. We have to limit, uh, actually banned people coming in from China. Huge uproar. That's racist. You can't do that. Well, COVID is once again raising its ugly head. And uh, I'm just wondering the legal aspect that they're saying that now they want to screen people coming here from China.
1: Well, clearly they can do it. There's a CDC recommendation that anyone coming from China, um, Hong Kong, Macau, and I think a few other places in the Far East come here, um, require uh, COVID screenings different than, you know, generally folks who are trying to come to this country from overseas. So I I remember vividly when President Trump enacted the, the China policy Um, Candidate Biden was saying Trump's xenophobic, you know, he's uh, racist. Um, Now, when you're in charge and running the government, it's different when you're throwing rocks from the sidelines as a candidate. So now President Biden's doing something very, very similar to what President Trump did. And although the media was more than happy to pick up the hue and cry of xenophobia when Trump did it, they're not gonna say a word now that uh, President Biden is doing it guaranteed. You probably won't even read much about any pushback against this policy. It's totally legal to do. Yep. Um, I, I think that um, as when President Trump did it, there was validity to doing the policy and he did it when we were really in uncharted waters. He was, right. we didn't know how to handle COVID. Now we kind of know um, Trump had a real emergency on his hands. He had this invading, um, virus, if you will, and no one knew quite what to do with it. And it was all coming from largely China, uh, clearly from China. Um, I don't disagree with what president Biden is doing. It's legal. It's appropriate. It's for, um, to prevent this country from getting another, um, infestation, if you will, from China and neighboring um, areas and protectorates to keep us from having that contribute to another potential spike over the winter months. I I think it makes sense, but it's this kind of um, humorously ironic that the shoe is now on the other foot.
0: Do you think the airlines in any way would be in a position to challenge it?
1: Um, anyone can challenge anything, but I don't sure. think they'd get anywhere. I think that it's a policy that um, could be challenged, won't be challenged, and I don't think you'll find a judge who would um, uh, take up the challenge and right now rule against this administration. I guess you could go find one, but it would be difficult.
0: Folks, we're speaking with our legal analyst, it's attorney Tim Dott. Tim, this next story, it's, uh, it's sad. Uh, very disturbing. <laughs> it's even a connection to Dennis Eckersley. I think this was his adopted daughter, but this woman facing charges after giving birth to a, a a newborn in the woods in New Hampshire and then left the child in a tent. Again, as, as much as this is obviously sad, and I believe there's, uh, you know, drug, drugs involved in some kind of a, a addiction, substance abuse problem, What what this young Eckersley woman was doing is, is not only, you know, pretty difficult, but it's, it's also against the law.
1: Well, it's, 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 it's a, it's a very sad and disturbing situation from any number of angles. I mean, Dennis Eckersley or the Eckersley family has come out saying that, you know, she's our adopted daughter. She has had mental problems since the age of two. Um, She's been institutionalized at times. She's got drug problems. Uh. Um, so, you know, she's unfortunately in a, in a very bad way. Now, apparently she had criminal charges in um, New Hampshire for which she was given bail. And I believe that was a totally different child endangerment situation. Fast forward. Now she gives birth to this baby on Christmas night in a tent in the woods, unheated, Um after giving birth, leaves this newborn with no blankets, no nothing, and leaves. Ultimately, I guess, finds civilization, goes to the cops, gives them incorrect information. Cops have a hell of a time finding this newborn. They find the baby cold and hardly breathing. They, they revive it. Um, I guess the baby will be okay, thank God. But she's being charged with child neglect, um, child endangerment, Um, other charges of providing false information, um, obstruction, any number of charges. And there's a push to have her held because she's a bail violator. She was on bail, and now she's done something even more outrageous. Now, I'm sure she has mental problems. The the family acknowledges it. But um, it's certainly prosecutable will her mental um, or emotional issues to the extent that they are valid uh, mitigate what punishment she gets from the criminal justice system this is also these cases show up from time to time yep. where she says i didn't realize i was pregnant mm-hmm. and then she's in this tent which is, doesn't make any sense that you'd be in a tent in the woods when it's 18 degrees out right. but sh- her claim is i didn't know i was pregnant I thought I needed to go to the bathroom and lo and behold, I delivered a child. There used to be a television show on one of the cable stations about people who didn't know they were pregnant and suddenly, boom, you know, they're in labor having a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Is her story uh, verifiable? Does it make sense? Um, What's what has been going on with her for the last nine months? Um, There is a defense to some of this stuff, if you don't know you're pregnant, but apparently she knew that she gave birth to a child because she's so reported to the cops. It's it's this very convoluted. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure she will get some sort of criminal punishment here, but um, as we've seen in today's day and age, you know the court takes great pity on people with pre-existing mental and emotional problems. Right. I don't know what becomes of the baby. I'm sure she'll be in foster care or be placed with the grandparents if they're up for it. But it's, it's a very, very, very troubled young lady. And uh, although she'll be in the criminal justice system, I guess it's fortunate that the baby didn't pass away out there in the cold. I guess it, she, the baby came darn close to doing so.
0: Folks, quick break. Watch where I had our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePetro Show. We're speaking with our legal expert, or it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, it's it's unusual, and it appears in the New York Times. And the owner of Madison Square Garden that also owns MSG broadcast. For over one hundred and twenty-five years, Ameri Prize Financial has provided advice for clients, unique goals. Help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, AmeriPrize Financial, 401 434 1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal, one on one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today. AmeriPrize Financial Advisors, 401 434 1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, AmeriPrize Financial, 401 434 1510. Call right now, 401 434 1510. Tom Bryan, AmeriPrize Financial Advisors owns the Knicks and the Rangers, uh, Charles Dolan. It's a, you know, He's definitely had a rough go of it and sometimes gets into it with the fans. And, and this is a new one where you have different people that have brought legal action against him. And not only is he know who they are, but also, in fact, knows who their attorneys are. So you have this attorney, and he's a guy in New Jersey. He's representing someone who's bringing legal action against him. And as he goes to attend a Ranger game, they're using facial recognition and they say, oh, no, 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 you're you're not coming in here. You're you're a part of you. Which is against it. I, I haven't heard of a story like this before, Tim Dodd. What are you to make of it?
1: Well, I think the policy is outrageously wrong. Yeah. There's, there's no justification to have it. Um, What what would be the analogous situation if a lawyer handles a medical malpractice case? The lawyer wouldn't be allowed to go into a hospital if they had a medical problem because they've sued the hospital or sued a doctor, and they say, "No, sorry, you can't come in here," or any other circumstance. So what is it? I handle a slip and fall. Somebody slips and falls at Stop and Shop. They're going to have facial recognition, and I can't go shop at their market. Wow, Um, it's crazy. Now, what's happening with Madison Square Garden is a lot of attorneys are being excluded on the facial recognition um, app, and they're suing under a variety of um, different legal theories. In this case, the lawyer from New Jersey, um, Sam Davis, who's a really good lawyer, I'm actually good friends with his brother, and oh. I know him somewhat anecdotally. He's had oh. some really big scores. He's a very wow. successful personal injury attorney. He gets multi-million dollar judgments. He, mm. He's the real deal. Wow! He took the approach that um, he would complain about the garden's liquor license because the garden is supposed to be open, and they're licensed to have a liquor license your facility is supposed to be open to the general public. Hmm. So Sam Davis says, even though I'm a lawyer and even though I've had cases against the garden, I am a member of the general public. So by you excluding me, a member of the general public, just because I've sued you, should impact your liquor license and it should Hmm. be revoked. Now, do I think the Garden's going to have its uh, liquor license revoked? No, but I believe... The penalty for violation is up to like I think forty thousand dollars per incident. Now you get enough lawyers and enough incidents, and that could turn into some significant money. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Maybe not for the garden because uh, they've got deep pockets, but I think that uh, this lawyer is taking the tack to try to get some um, uh, sympathetic um, public reaction to this. It, it's clearly outrageous, John just because you have an enemy who has sued you, you're not going to let him come into your facility, um, a facility that holds, what, 20,000 people or so, and you have a right. few lawyers interspersed. Wow. Um, I, I, I would presume that that policy will eventually be struck down on one or more legal theories within the state right. of New York. It's, it's just a policy that if you really extrapolate from that case to what could be done against others, um, and not just lawyers uh, and any any group of people. Um, what happens when you start targeting other groups? Right. I mean, I Don, think I'm it's surprised very...
0: the ACLU hasn't jumped on this. What about you know? What about uh, it's a music show and there's a critic that gave the music show a bad review or a sports reporter that's been critical of the team, and then suddenly they're excluding them on facial recognition
1: i i I totally agree with you why is the aclu not involved it's probably because it's you know well-heeled well-funded lawyers who are being targeted and i don't think the aclu would be particularly interested in uh taking up their cause
0: folks again we're speaking with our legal expert it's attorney tim Dodd. tim let's uh skip to coventry where this is an interesting case you have a firefighter wants uh, to serve on the town council and was being challenged in, uh they came out with a ruling I guess to say that technically he works for the fire district but what I think it really comes down to is he he does work for organization who would you know have business in some fashion in in, in dealing with the town but it, it is, what, what do you make of the story with the Coventry firefighter?
1: It's, um, the optics are terrible. Yeah. It's, it smells bad. Um, the Ethics Commission has no problem with it. The Coventry Town Council had no problem. Well, they did have a problem with it, but they ultimately voted that he could serve. Um, I believe the Coventry Town Charter says if you work for the town, you can't be on the council. This firefighter says, I don't work for the town. I work for the Coventry Fire District, which is an independent organization. And that's my employer. I don't work for the town. And I think that that, if there was a court challenge, I think he would prevail because he does not work for the town. He doesn't get a paycheck from the town. It's very interesting because one of the things he's an advocate of is taking the four independent Coventry Fire Districts and combining them into an integrated fire department, which would be the Coventry Fire Department. So if that happened, and if he was successful, I guess he'd be off the council because Mm. then he would, in fact, be a town employee. Right. There's been cases like this for years. There was a case a few years back I believe it was in South Kingston, where a school teacher, I don't think from South Kingston, but a school schoolteacher um, got herself onto the South Kingston School Committee. That's right. And there's an obvious potential conflict of interest. And I believe in that case there was a court challenge. But the, the determination was, well, no, she's not a teacher in South Kingston. So she's not an employee of the town. Um, she works in a different department. So it's okay. Now these things have been happening for years. Firefighters get elected to public office, cops get elected to public office, teachers get elected to public office, other union representatives get elected to the let's say the the Rhode Island House or the Rhode Island Senate. You know, you can look in and pre- presume or predict that their votes will be in favor of union interests right No. that's a supposition whether it's always true or not i'm not here to say but the um again the optics are terrible but i think that if there was a challenge to this particular firefighter um being kept off the council um he would prevail because he does have enough of a distinction right now
0: Tim Dodd, our next story, and this is interesting to me, uh, TikTok is a very, very popular app. So there's two individuals, and they go to this place, the In-N-Out Burger on the West Coast, and they're doing a food review, and they're reviewing themselves as they're saying, oh, and here's the shake, oh, what do you think of the shake, and here's the fries. And as they're doing that, this idiot comes over and not only starts harassing them, but in, in, insulting them with Asian slur. So they they post the video, it starts making the rounds, and now the guy that did that, they've actually caught up to him and arrested him.
1: Yeah, this one, I mean, the conduct in the language is scurrilous. The guy's an idiot. He was making homophobic comments. He was making um, racial um, derogatory comments, yep. um, challenging them to go outside, I guess, to have a fight, challenging mm-hmm. that he was you know, going to get them. So it wasn't just words, it was words with the threat of, you know, imminent physical harm.
0: Sure.
1: Um, It's kind of like, the; it's not quite like it, but to the extent a crime was committed, be it disorderly conduct, be it an assault, be it whatever accompanied the language. Remember the Barrington case where the two neighbors were beefing about hedges? And the one neighbor called the other neighbor who happened to be from, I believe, Pakistan or That's India. Right. Uh, I, yeah. don't, I don't mean to be unaware of which country, but a country in yeah. Southern Asia. It
0: was Pakistan, yeah.
1: I, I think it was Pakistan. And made racially derogatory comments yep. while an assault was occurring. And mm. that had the potential if the person was convicted of the criminal case, the assault to have a a penalty enhancement. If it was determined that the conduct was racially motivated to fall within the hate speech or hate conduct enhancement statute that we have in Rhode Island, (coughs) excuse me, I'm not sure what the analogous statute is in California, but it seems to be a slippery slope. Let's assume the guy didn't do anything threatening, didn't yep. say, let's go outside and fight, but simply said homophobic things. Like insulting things, remarks, sure. Insulting remarks. And they're
0: raging, so he's making derogatory. He's making derogatory. Uh, King John ill and so forth. It,
1: it, is that a, enough, standing alone mm-hmm. to get arrested for a hate crime? Um, You know, free speech challenges our collective sensibilities. So if some moron wants to look at two people and make homophobic comments, period, is that a hate crime or is that just free speech uh, of a really stupid person, an ignorant person directed at two innocent people? I think that to the extent the language can result in criminal charges is a very dangerous precedent, candidly. Um, And I'm not not defending the conduct.
0: Right. I thought there has to be a crime on top of, like, there has to be a crime committed, and then they tack on, quote, and it's also a hate crime. Now, these two people, they didn't, they're young, they didn't report, they didn't call the police or anything. They not only really had to try to track down and figure out who they are, then they went about to try to figure out who he was. So as they're filming, granted, maybe it's the the, the angle or the quality of insults he was was using on them, which was clearly insulting and inappropriate. But at the end, he didn't he didn't punch them outside, he didn't attack them inside. He he just clearly insulted them and used certain language while they were doing that. Video.
1: That, that's right. So in Rhode Island, what he did, I don't think would be enough to get charged. Okay. California, we I, I can't tell you. I know specifically the language of their state statute on this topic, but in looking at that situation, what I'm led to understand is, in the last year, there's been over a hundred cases very similar prosecuted or at least charged in California. And I think 45 or so, the person was found guilty of the hate crime. 30% of them, um, the person was found guilty on some other crime. And about 25% of the time, the person was found not guilty. Um, So the not guilty findings on that is a pretty low percentage based upon 100 prosecutions for this type of conduct. And if it's words without accompanying um, criminal conduct or violence or threats of violence—it's—it's um, it's kind of dangerous. It's like the thought police out there, you know. You can't what you say could result in you being charged criminally. Right. Um, yes. It's um, not something that should make people feel real comfortable.
0: Yeah, we're going to leave it at that, uh, folks. And again, I want to commend what a fantastic job he has done. Uh, this year, it is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dott. Tim, excellent job as always. Big things ahead in uh, 23. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Shannon. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners, and let's hope for a good 2023.
0: Falcon Pest Services. 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Called Falcon Pest Services today, 401 739 1322. Free consultation 401 739 1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year, maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website which is com. folks this portion of our program brought to you by propane plus propane do you use propane you do call propane plus heating and cooling 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 propane plus they want to be your propane provider they've been there three generations they're available 24 7 such an efficient operation the family family-run business what a tremendous job they do they have a very user-friendly website and that is logonpropaneplus.com. residential commercial just type in your zip code folks it's propane plus and remember propane is energy for everyone it's affordable it's sustainable it's equitable it's good for the environment lowest carbon fuel and it's renewable it's propane plus call them do you use propane well give my friends a shot at propane plus call them 401-885-4209 and in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane plus i want to mention the wall street journal had a good editorial and I, um and I know there's several people out there that don't, I'm going to say don't understand, but all of this negative talk against Ukraine and why we're there, um, Wall Street Journal had, I thought, a very good piece that seemingly just, it's it's as if a lot of people don't fully understand, you know, what we're doing there and the benefit of us being there and why it makes sense for us to to be there and in essence we haven't had you know the loss of one american life let's be very clear russia is not our ally and this in all ways is good for america it is um it's very short-sighted for different individuals that for whatever reason just um you know continue this drumbeat i see some of these posts that people are just it's just foolishness that that they're just putting out there that somehow yeah you know you're gonna buy silence it's very expensive and that's it, it, all that's that's not that's not what it is um it is the the reason we're there is the fact that as as i have been saying we have a chance we, we can't just sit back and and let China and, and Russia uh, Putin is evil and if you believe that we are good which I do in the battle of good versus evil how about another do you know how many people have quote fallen out of windows because they were perhaps not going along with what Putin's plan was I mean it's I mean it's almost a little comical at this point. Uh, complete insanity but make no mistake about it Um, and that's why it's uh it's discouraging to see the number of people that to me just don't fully comprehend why we're there why it makes sense to be there and in essence it's the most cost efficient way um the fact that that in 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 that we are winning on this Ukraine's victory is is our victory and that's why President Zelensky coming into Washington um he he should have been it's it's it is I think it's disgraceful that certain people were trying to portray it that it's like a charity thing but the Wall Street Journal had a good piece Republicans lose the plot on Ukraine Russian war the benefits of helping Kiev defeat Putin far outweigh the cost American support for Ukraine is not charity. U.S. aid is helping to degrade an enemy military without the death of a single American in uniform. The question is what some Republicans are thinking, as they, they spent Thursday portraying the Ukraine president as a grifter. You know, and Kevin McCarthy. Well, you know, I don't support a blank check. Josh Hawley skipped the speech. What a joke congress spending bill includes 45 billion assistance for ukraine could put the total north of 100 billion but plenty of the cash is flowing to core american priorities almost 12 billion is replenishing u.s weapon stocks 7 billion u.s troops in europe it is important to be a good steward of taxpayer money but as they've kind of looked into it um it's, it's actually has been keeping the u.s best u.s weapons out of Russians' hands and ukraine has been successful with that so but the costs are dwarfed by the benefits one economist wrote ukraine aid is an incredibly cost-efficient effective investment burning up russia's military power for a single-digit share of the pentagon's annual budget moscow is one of america's most formidable adversaries war wars are also shop windows for defense manufacturers any country browsing a russian tank or air defense catalog is having second thoughts and will want to buy american boy you don't hear anyone mention that but the wall street journal goes on to say many of the same republicans sneering at Zelensky will claim the u.s needs to abandon ukraine to focus on china but beijing and moscow are working together to undermine the west best stop the u.s could take to deter another assault like putin is delivering to ukraine more of the best long-range weapons aircrafts missiles tanks and other tools it needs to defeat the invasion that's the bottom line and people need to remember ukraine was invaded and that's why you know i go against any of these some of the people out there that have been supportive Ukraine, russia invaded ukraine this business of that ukraine needs to now come to diplomacy with putin is is ludicrous now he needs to be defeated he needs to have his own people rise up and take him out now wall street journal also has another good editorial the blue state exodus continues and they talk about the latest census data Shows California losing, Florida gaining again. Texas, Florida make up 15% of the U.S. population but accounted for 70% of its population growth this past year. That's one of the revealing facts in the Census Bureau. Keep in mind last year Rhode Island ripped off the census by putting out the fraudulent numbers that they did. U.S. population grew by about 1.2 million with foreign immigration accounting for a million of the total. Yet the Census Bureau found some states still lost population because migration to other states exceeded foreign immigration. California, 343,000. New York, almost 300,000. And Illinois, 141. Lost the most residents to other states. How about that? California, 343,000 people left California. Think about that. New York, 300,000 people left New York. And Illinois, 141. The most residents of the other states. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Oregon, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Louisiana were also big losers. Where are all these folks moving? Mostly to states with lower taxes, more affordable housing, higher standards of living. Florida drew the most newcomers. 318,000. Followed by Texas, 230,000. North Carolina, 99,000 South Carolina 84,000 people moved to South Carolina Tennessee 81,000 moved to Tennessee Georgia 81,000 moved to Georgia and 70,000 moved to Arizona more people moved to West Virginia than left for the first time in a decade Texas ranked first in overall population growth 470,000 followed by how about Florida 416,000 North Carolina, 133 population growth. Georgia, 124. South Carolina, again, 89. Tennessee, very popular state now. One new trend is the migration from the Pacific Northwest. Between 2010 and 2020, Washington drew, Washington State, 371,000 newcomers from other states. This past year, it lost 3,500. But because of a big increase in foreign immigration, it still gained population. Oregon gained a house seat during the uh, reapportionment owing to high levels of migration. This year, it lost more people on net. Um, Colorado, barely gaining. One possible culprit is the spiraling public disorder in such cities as Seattle, Portland, and Denver. Most Americans, regardless of their politics, don't want to live, let alone raise children. Homeless people camp on the sidewalk, and the whiff of skunkweed is impossible (laughs) to escape. Um, You know, they don't mention Rhode Island, but sheer because of the numbers. If they broke it out by percentage, we would definitely be up there. And then they also go on to say Democrat governors can't blame empty officers for their failure to recover jobs lost So a big part of this are the Democrat governors. Think about that. Florida has no income tax and expansive private school choice programs. It also doesn't smother business with regulation. Florida Governor DeSantis doesn't have to run ads in progressive states. It sells itself. Huge contrast between Florida and California. Yeah, Gavin Newsom runs ads in Florida urging residents, join us in California ridiculous no a lot of it is the progressive policies and sadly in rhode island we um we are dealt with those very very failed the only reason we're not mentioned is just because the uh, proportion wise it would be high but it's it's uh it's the 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 small numbers all right you're listening to the john DePietro show it's getting cold already this winter keep your family your employees warm with matthews oil company call them today 401-942-7500 matthews oil company 24-hour emergency service for over four generations they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online MatthewsOil.com. Matthews Oil, premier dealer in Rhode Island, delivering the highest quality heating fuels. At Matthews Oil, they take pride providing reliable, affordable service for you and your family, celebrating 90 years of service. Call them now. It's going to be a cold winter. Get that tank filled. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 942. 7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500